Well, as people are making their way back to their seats here, I do encourage you just be praying for that team. Just as they come to mind over the, the weeks to come, um, they will be leaving on Saturday. So not this week, but the following week. Just if they come to your mind, just lift them up in prayer. I know they would appreciate that. Well, good morning. How are you doing? Okay, we're doing all right. We've got a mixed response here. Uh, I'm glad that you are here in the room with us this morning, and I do also want to say a special welcome to any who are joining us online. Welcome, and thank you for being here watching with us. I was told uh, when I had a baby that I would have a multitude, a plethora of sermon illustrations as a result of having a baby, because it kind of opens up your eyes to a new way of seeing the world and just seeing things through, through a baby's eyes, through a mother's eyes. I can tell you that I am now hyper aware of every sharp corner in the house, of every low shelf that is nicely decorated, with all kinds of breakables and interesting toys. I, I'm hyper aware of any uncovered outlet in my house because Phoebe is on the move. If you've seen her, you know. She's not just army crawling, she is crawling, crawling, and rather quickly right now. And at just eight-ish months in, she'll be eight months this week, I, I look back and I just realize how much she has grown, how much she has changed and developed, and there's so much, those of you who have little ones or have had little ones know there's so much that happens in that first year. Like everything in that first year, I feel like there's so many things jam-packed into the first year of growth. Like we've gone from this sleeping, little, cuddly, quiet little thing to a two-toothed, food-smashing, toy-throwing, hyperactive little munchkin to say the least. And I've heard rumors from many of you that it only gets worse or better, depending on the day. But in all of these different like stages and, and development that I have enjoyed watching so far in just this short little time of being a parent, I know I've got a ways to go. But in these eight months, probably one of the things that I have enjoyed most is watching her learn to talk. Now I know she's not talking yet, she's not like having conversations yet, but she's got her little baby babbles and it started with those little newborn cries that were just kind of her way of saying, mom, I'm hungry, feed me, change me. And, and those cries I started to begin to decipher and figure out what they meant. Amos picked up on those a lot quicker than I did. 
And then we'd get excited when she'd start making these little grunting noises. And I'd pull out my phone and I'd take a video and send it to Amos and look back at it months later. I'm like, what is she doing? That's not even a noise. But I was so excited because she was learning to make all these different noises and these, these coos and goos and, and her, one of her favorites, boof. I don't know what boof is, but boof. And then just over the holidays, da, 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 da. Da, 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 which Amos is obviously thrilled about. Da, da, da. Who's the greatest? Da, da, da. Who's your favorite? Da, 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 da. And so it's been fun, though, to watch all of these things just kind of develop just in eight months. I know, I've still got a ways to go, but eight months, and I scroll through a thousand and one videos on my phone and the pictures as well, and I just think, man, she has grown so much. And one of the things, though, about talking in particular that I have just really enjoyed is when she finally became aware. Because at first, you know, she wasn't really aware of us. She wasn't aware of herself, really. She was just kind of making noises, and some of them were accidental, and, and she didn't really know what was going on. And I know she still doesn't fully know what's going on, but you could tell there was a time, there was a moment when she became more aware and next thing you know, we're having conversations. It wasn't just her kind of talking off into thin air. She was talking with me. Like her little boof and goo and coo and ah, they were to me and to Amos. We're having a conversation and, and then I could talk back to her and she'd look at me right in the eyes, and she'd talk back, and it was her own little baby way, but you could tell it was a conversation. We were going back and forth. We were communicating, even though I still don't always understand what she's saying. See, and this is just, it's normal. That's part of Growing up, it's part of development in life, is learning how to talk, learning how to make these sounds. Because if you had a baby and that baby, even if they were really quiet, just never made a noise, ever. Never experimented with a goo. Uh, they never tried to even form the sounds of dada, let alone mama. And they just, they didn't make any noise, you might start to think something was wrong, right? I mean, that's what babies do. They experiment, and then eventually that turns into talking and words. But if they never made any noise at all, you might start to wonder if maybe something was wrong with their tongue or with their ears. Maybe they couldn't hear. And you might go and get them checked out or something because you'd say, well, surely they should be making some noise. Surely they should be starting this kind of milestone of communicating. Learning to communicate, to converse, even in those very early baby days, is crucial to a tiny little human's development. It's, it's part of growth. And the same is true spiritually speaking. Only we don't call it communicating as much. We call it prayer. 
the ability to talk not with our earthly parents, our earthly father, but with our heavenly father. One of the milestones of faith, evidence that we're growing, is being able to talk to God. And just as you would look at this baby and say, well, something's wrong, they're not talking, we should look at ourselves and say, well, if I'm not talking to God, something's wrong. When you say, well, Jessica, why do you know, why do you say that prayer is such an important thing? I mean, if you've been in church, you've heard it said, like we talk about prayer, we pray, we say it's, it's a big deal, but how do you know that prayer really is that important? Well, you just take a look at the Bible. I mean, all throughout, from start to finish, you see people talking to God. Old and New Testament, it's just riddled with examples of people talking to God. Jesus talked about prayer. He practiced prayer. So at the very least, we know he practiced what he preached. It's an important part of our spiritual development. But the problem is some of us don't always know where to start with prayer. Now, I know there's some of you who are listening who have been praying for longer than I've been alive, so maybe this isn't quite for you, although I think there's something that you could take from this today. But some of you may be saying, well, I know I should pray. I just, I, I don't know where to start. It's like trying to tell a baby how to start talking. How do you, how do you put words to that? I mean, you just, just, da. And then, and then it's hard to explain. You can't explain to a baby, this is how you talk. We model it. We give examples. But it really just takes trying it out, practicing sounds and words and, and doing it over and over and over until it actually becomes a language and conversation and being able to talk with other people. Now, over the next few weeks here, we're going to be taking a look at the very basics of prayer, really. Just kind of stepping back, starting over. What does it mean to pray? What are some models of how to pray that the, that the Bible gives us? How do we develop a lifestyle of prayer? And what better place for us to start this morning than to take a look at Jesus himself and the teachings that he gave on prayer. Now, there's a couple of passages that we often look to. There's, again, lots of passages in Scripture that talk about prayer, but there's a couple main ones that anytime anyone is teaching, speaking, referencing prayer, these two kind of always come to mind. And we actually read Jesus practicing prayer more than his teachings on prayer, but there are a couple of these kind of key teaching moments that he gives. One is in the book of Luke, and one is in the book of Matthew. And so we're going to look at both of those this morning. If you want to go ahead and turn to the book of Luke, if you have your Bible with you, or if you've got your phone with you, you want to click to that. Um, but the book of Luke, chapter 11, we'll be looking at that, and we'll also take a look at Matthew in a little bit. And just kind of as a forewarning, there is certainly a wide array of lessons that we could pull from these two passages. We could spend really weeks, an entire series, just on these two passages. But today, 
We're going to look at both very briefly and really just start on the starting point. If I'm a person who wants to pray, I know I should, I know it's important, I see other people around me do it, and I just don't know exactly where to start, what do I do? That being said, let's look at the book of Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. This is Jesus teaching on prayer, Luke 11. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you'll find it. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, remember, there are about a hundred different lessons from what I just read that we could look at. But I want to focus on that question, where do we start? Where do we start? And I'm going to just give you four really incredibly simple, practical things that you can do to start praying. This isn't looking at all of, of what prayer looks like, how we pray, examples. We're going to get to that in the weeks to come. This is just, how do I just start? Where do I start? Whether you're praying for the very first time or you're just looking to start off this year. I know we're a weekend, but start off this year praying. Where do we start? Now, before I jump into those four things, though, I want to point out a key kind of observation from this passage that I think really informs the way we should approach prayer. I don't think it's accidental in that passage that I just read that Jesus was teaching in the context of relationships. Did you catch that from the very beginning and, and all the way through he starts with praying to Father. That's a relationship. Our relationship with God is that of Father. 
And he gives this example of understanding prayer with the story about friends, a friend going to another friend, friends, friendship, that's a relationship. And then he talks about fathers and children and how earthly fathers or parents can serve as an example of how our heavenly father operates. See, I think Jesus intentionally used all of those examples in this kind of message on prayer because prayer is about deepening our relationship with God the Father. Prayer is about deepening our relationship with God the Father. If you want to grow and mature in your relationship with God, you've got to learn how to pray. That's how you strengthen your relationship with him. And so that's why prayer is so important. And so just before we even jump into these four things, these four tips, just stop and say prayer is about relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, this whole teaching that I've just read starts because one of the disciples sees Jesus pray. And he says, hey, teach me. Teach us, Lord, how to pray. We see you do this all the time. We see you go off. You go off into the mountains or up to the garden. You go off by yourself. We see you do this all the time. We see you pray in front of the crowds. Teach us how to pray. You do it often enough. It seems like something we should know if we're going to follow you. What do you do? Teach us. But you have to stop and wonder, shouldn't these guys know how to pray? These guys should know how to pray. They're, they're Jewish men. They've grown up probably in good Jewish homes, and a huge part of their culture of Jewish religion is prayer. I mean, they should have grown up hearing prayers said at home, like sitting around the dinner table or getting ready for bed. And, and they, they should have known these prayers. They've probably seen people pray. They've seen people in worship pray. So prayer itself isn't like a new thing to them. Shouldn't they? I know they're not religious leaders, but shouldn't they know how to pray? But they approach Jesus and they say, teach us with a fresh perspective, this disciple takes off his hat of, of whatever he thought he knew about prayer. And he says, all right, teach me. What you got for me, teach. See, you may know a lot about prayer. You may know a little or nothing about prayer. But if you're wondering where to start or even where did I miss the boat, number one, start fresh. Start fresh with a fresh childlike approach to what prayer is. See, if this disciple had assumed he knew everything there was to know about prayer, he would have missed out on this entire lesson. And if we assume that we know everything there is to know about prayer, we may miss out on something that God wants to teach us. So start fresh. I told you this is going to be very simple, practical. Start fresh. Take off your hat 
of what you know or think you know prayer to be and invite God to just teach you new. As we go through the next 21 days, take off your hat and say, Lord, what do you want to teach me? Not just about life, but about how to pray. Like a baby learning to talk for the very first time. They have no prior context to build off of or, or anything to, to remember. They're, they're all of a few months old when they're learning to communicate. But that's exactly what helps them. Because they, they learn, I have to experiment. I have to try something. And then next week, I'll try something new. And I'll try it again over and over and over. And they're not afraid to try something new because all of it's new. So number one, just start fresh. Where do I start? Start fresh. Number two, be aware. Not beware, like beware, beware, heffalumps and woozles, or beware of dog in yard. Be aware. Aware of what? Of yourself and of God. See, if prayer is talking to God, having a conversation with God, it's hard to do that if one person in the conversation isn't aware. See, if I go to Meyer, I'm set, I've got my list, I'm focused on getting in and out before it's time to feed the baby again, I'm going fast, and, and someone walks in, and I'm trying to grab my cheeses and my milk and my creamer for my coffee, because that's important. And someone says, hey, Pastor Jessica, and I don't hear you, and I'm just going. That's not a conversation. That's just you screaming across the dairy aisle. A conversation is if I stop and I realize someone is over here screaming at me, and I turn, and I see them, and I say hello. That's a conversation. One person not listening and another person just talking, that's no conversation. See, and the thing is, if it's a conversation between us and God, God's always listening. And God's always there. So that means we're the ones left to listen. We're the ones left that need to become aware. See, prayer starts with an awareness of God and of ourselves. That's why, among other reasons, Jesus starts his prayer by just saying, Father. That's a simple way to start. But he says, Father. He's acknowledging that God is the one he's talking to. He's aware that God is there. See, prayer isn't just talking into thin air. Sometimes people feel like, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just, I'm just talking. But you're not. Be aware that there is literally a God, a Father, who wants to have a relationship with you who wants to talk with you, who wants to help you and give good gifts. That doesn't mean that you can't talk with God if you don't have a relationship with him, but ordinary words become prayer when we say, I know that there is a God listening and I know that I can talk to him. So number two, be aware. Number three, simplify. 
simplify. I think one of the reasons that people don't pray or think they don't know how to pray or where to start is because they assume that it's this complicated formula with with flowery language and passionate pauses and, and weird words that people don't say in normal language. And I'll be honest, us pastors aren't very good at modeling that sometimes. See, because I'll let you in on a little secret. Um, pastors like to talk. In fact, Amos says that's, that's a prerequisite to being a pastor is you have to like to talk. And so sometimes us pastor type, we, we pray and then we kind of just get carried away talking because we like to talk. And then people are sitting there saying, whoa, gosh, I can't pray like them. They just prayed for 10 minutes straight without taking a breath. I could never pray like that. It's never supposed to be that way, though. See, Jesus, in his other kind of big lesson on prayer in the book of Matthew, reminds us that prayer is supposed to be simple. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, he says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Not once, not a single time in her eight months of life has my daughter ever said to me, Mother dearest, I am highly delighted with the incredible blessings you have poured out on me this day. And I thank thee for satisfying my every desire, though I am wee and undeserving and poopy. Bless thee, O mother, for your sacrificial care and your graciousness. Yes, mother, your graciousness towards me every hour of the day and night and everything in between, in humblest gratitude, Mother dearest, forevermore, yes, yes, Phoebe. <laughs> Not a single time. I know you're surprised to hear that because she makes a lot of noise, but never once has my eight-month-old daughter spoken to me like that. It sounds a little bit more like, Oh, da, 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 da. I know it's far less cute because I'm not a baby. But those simple little noises, simple little one syllable little noises, just make my heart sore. They're so enjoyable for my ears to hear as she's just learning those little noises. I mean, she can't pronounce a single word in the dictionary. She doesn't need to have big words. She doesn't have to have the right words. I'm trying to teach her some words right now, but she's not catching on. She'll use her words in her own time. But right now, I just love talking to her in her little baby kind of way. And it doesn't take much, but think how enthralled our Heavenly Father is 
to hear us use even the simplest little words. Any words to talk to him. Think of what that does to his father heart. See, in Matthew 6, Jesus is pointing out to the disciples, look, it's not about having the right or the proper words to say or how long you pray or how many times you say the same thing over and over and over. Don't be like that. Just talk to God. Simplify. Now, I'm not bashing like beautiful, lengthy prayers. The Bible has a book called Psalms. And it's full of all those kinds of prayers. And they're wonderful and they're beautiful and they can be incredibly helpful. But I'm saying if you don't know where to start, don't overcomplicate it. We get caught up in having the right words to say or the right order or the right way standing up or sitting down or with our eyes open or our eyes closed, our hands up, our hands down, our hands folded. We get caught up in all those things. And they can certainly help us in some ways, but I think a lot of times they hinder us from just praying. Which leads to the fourth super simple practical thing. I want to know how to pray. I know it's important. I want to start talking to God regularly. What do I do? Number four, just do it. Nike. Just do it. And then keep on doing it with shameless persistence, Jesus said. Oh, but it's not really the right time. I like to pray at bedtime. Who cares? Just pray. Meals, that's when I pray. Okay, start there and then keep on praying. I feel weird praying when I'm not at church. Okay, just pray. I'm not sure what to pray about. The Bible says to pray about everything, anything. Do you know... When my baby, Phoebe, likes to practice talking, I'll, I'll let you guess, okay, it's all the time, like any time, like lay her down for bed, half an hour later, we're still talking, staff meeting, <laughs> listening to everyone else talk, especially Pastor Christian, let's try talking, let's practice, hand is in my mouth. This is a good time to practice talking. She does it all the time. It really doesn't matter the time of day. It really doesn't matter what's going on. She just does it all the time. That's how she learns. And the same is true for us in prayer. We just learn by just doing it all the time, whenever, wherever. Three times in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray. He says when you pray. He's assuming that people listening are going to be practicing this habit of prayer. He doesn't say, okay, when the lights are all down and the music is up, temperature is about 72, you feel comfortable, and then that chorus starts to rise, then you pray. No. He says just when you pray. Just, just pray. Just do it. He gives some guidance and some cautions along with this teaching, but he returns to this idea when you pray. When you pray. Just do it. Try something. Try something today, and then tomorrow, try something different. And then next week, try something different again. 
Just start practicing talking with the Father, because I can guarantee you, he's not going to say, ooh, missed it, not quite how you pray. Let's start from scratch. He's not going to look down from heaven and say, that's what you call prayer? Like, he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't say, oh, that's the wrong way to pray. God is just going to be thrilled to hear his children talking with him. Just like I'm thrilled to converse with my little girl. And I look forward to the days, one day, when she will use words. Maybe I'll regret this. But I look forward to the days that we can have conversations and she wants to talk about her life and the things that's happening and heaven forbid boys and school and, and all those things that little girls like to talk about. But for now, let's just sit and chat in your little baby girl kind of way. And I love it. It thrills my heart. So wouldn't you just try to approach your heavenly papa, your daddy, without hesitation or reservation, regardless of the situation, just you and your heavenly father, who's always present, always listening, eager to have a conversation with us, and it just thrills his heart to hear you say, hey, Dad, I'm here, and I know you're here too. Over the next month here, we're going to be looking at some helpful models to guide us in prayer, some examples from Scripture, some ways to pray, to pray. And we've also, we've produced content that some of you may have seen in our Living as a Disciple curriculum, which can help you learn to follow Jesus and learn to pray even more. And last week, Pastor Chris talked about these books that are available in the back called Pray First. They've got a lot of just really easy-to-read content about how do we walk into prayer, but this morning is just about starting. It's just about simply praying. Just standing up, sitting down, wherever you're at, and just saying, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to talk to my dad, talk to my Heavenly Father. And so this morning, in a spirit of simplicity, I want to just close by saying, just do it. We're going to just, in a minute here, turn on a little bit of music, just have an open space. You can sit in your seats. You can come to the altar. You can stand up. You can walk around. But we're just going to have a time of praying. And you say, well, what do I pray about? Anything. Everything. Whatever you want to talk to the Father about. Just do it. And we're going to just spend a few minutes just practicing prayer. Maybe you've already prayed several times this morning. Awesome. God wants to hear from you again. Maybe you've never prayed a day in your life. Great. He's ready to listen. So we're going to turn on some music. 
And there's no prompts, no agenda. This is kind of what it feels a little bit like if you come and join us on these mornings of prayer over the next 21 days. But I just want to give you some space. Just space to pray, to approach the Father. Just sit in his lap and spend some time talking with him. And then after a few minutes, I'll come back up and I'll close this out. But just spend a few minutes talking with the Father. Let's pray. Father, we know that you are here. And we know that you're listening. Teach us how to come to you in every moment, every day, to just talk with you. Teach us how to practice this simple habit that thrills your heart. Father, we thank you that we can come to you in any moment of any day and know that you hear. So Father, would you pull and prompt our hearts even as we leave this morning to want to come to you, to sit in your lap and to spend time talking with you, our Heavenly Father. Thank you for the gift of prayer. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, I do want to encourage you to come join us over the next 21 days here. During the week, 6.30, I know it's early. It's even earlier when you've got a baby. But we'll be here with our babies. And we hope that you guys will come and join us. It's going to be just a powerful time of seeing how God works in and through us as we just continue to learn how to pray. So now, if you would, stand and receive a word of blessing as we go to leave. Leave this place knowing that there is a Father in heaven who wants to talk with you, who wants to know you, to grow in relationship with you, and would you leave here with a deeper knowledge of who he is. You're sent out.